Let's open the word of the Lord to Ezekiel 22.30. Ezekiel 22.30. And we're also going to read 1 Timothy 2.8. I want to talk a couple of minutes about how we can make a difference in the year 2016. Ezekiel 22.30. And in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. The word of the Lord reads as follows. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. So talking about God looking for people on earth to stand in the gap. And in that case, he didn't find any. And if you read uh, the rest of the chapter or the chapter, you, you see how, um, unfortunately, times got more evil in that time because there was no one to stand in the gap, no one to intercede. And in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, it says, I desire, therefore, that the men everywhere pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. I desire, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In both cases, you see how God expects and is looking for people to be actively involved. It's interesting that God would expect that. He's God. He could do whatever he wants to, right? But there's a certain connectivity, a certain <clears throat> gift and privilege and honor that we have. And that is, he's called us to partner with him in this lifetime. And so when we do, he gets actively involved in the earth realm because he has somebody that he could work with and somebody that he could work through. Wow, that puts a lot of responsibility on our shoulders. And that's exactly right. We need to understand that. You're expecting God to move, and God's expecting you to move. So he could partner with you because that's his law. Man is in charge here on earth. So when God is going to work on earth, he seeks out a man. When the devil is looking for, to do some damage or destruction, what does he do? He looks for men and women that are sensitive to his voice, and then he does his damage through men and women. We see that throughout the world constantly, all the time, because it's the law of the land. Man is in charge here on earth because God established that. But when we understand 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, we are co-laborers. We're partners with God. When we understand that, we have no problem knowing he's the senior partner with the junior partner. See, without God, we can't do anything. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things with Christ. He is my senior partner. He is, he is my, my head. He's my director. Praise God. So him and I, we can do some major wonderful things on earth. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask, Lord God, that you would uh, speak to us, give us direction. Encourage us, deliver us, set us free. Lord God, I, I pray that you help us, my Father, to reach more and more people, Lord God. Uh, Lord, throughout this week and even into the year 2016, help us to be bridge builders. Help us to be those that would stand in the gap, Lord God, and make a difference in our generation and for future generations. We pray it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. You may be seated. And uh, one of the things... That, that impact me about this local church is it consists of people who regularly impact communities. You know, we, we, we impact in different ways. We impact through our job. We impact in our communities as neighbors. We impact um, with our titles and responsibilities that we have. You know, one, one of them, um, uh, we have a police officer, um, Al Bonilla, who has now become Detective Al Bonilla. Just, amen. Praise God. And for, and for many years, uh, he has served in the police department faithfully. And um, we're proud of him. We've been proud of him for many years. For all that he does, he instructs other officers to, uh, to pretty much excel yeah. in, in this special call. So he has great influence and has had great influence for many, many years. But they've recognized that, and now they've given him an official, that's about time, you know, official change of responsibility, a, a, a title that goes with it, and, um, uh, hopefully a nice a bump up in salary too. That always helps. 
<laughs> but I would like uh, for detective, uh, Brother Al, Minister Al, he's also a minister, and so he, he wears so many hats, I don't, I don't know what the hat would look like, but <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is that we influence in, in many ways and deeds, but it, the pulpit is not the only place that, imp, it, that influences. Your life influences. Wherever you go, the Spirit of God is upon you. The wisdom of God is upon you. So uh, it's, it's, you have to understand that whether you have a title or not, he's going to impact you. But here's the beauty about it. When you serve wherever you're at without a title, after a while you'll get the title. You know why? People will recognize the gift that's in you, that's upon you. And they'll desire it. They don't even know why. But it's the favor of God on you. You see? So I would like uh, for Minister Al to come a moment and just, uh, uh, you know, want to just chat about that a bit. And at the same time, we want to pray for him. Just new responsibilities. Praise God. So what are going to be some of your new responsibilities? What are you going to be doing now that you are Detective Bonilla? Wow. Well, it's interesting because, um, you know, this is a prophecy fulfilled. You know, they've been talking about this for years, and this is something that I desired in my heart. Many years, I always ask God, you know, you know, we're human beings, you know, we, we want to be recognized for our achievements and, and the hard work that we have done. And, uh, you know, and, you know, God hears our requests. And uh, it's something that has been deep in my heart. And, uh, of course, I've always asked for that. And, uh, you know, he's promoted me in probably the, the most important um, positions in my life is, as a, you know, as a deacon. When I first came in, you know, I was a usher and became a deacon. And I'm a minister. And, you know, those are very important promotions and positions in the uh, the body of Christ and and I I don't take this I don't take that lightly but then um this um I didn't know that this uh, promotion was going to come to me and uh, I knew it was going to come because I have faith and I just want to let you guys know that uh, there was a point where I, I doubted that I was going to get it and uh, I was at the point where I was going to um uh the chief of department uh, O'Neill chief O'Neill he was my old CEO and I was going to actually you know write him a letter and maybe maybe push a little bit but then all of a sudden, I wrote the letter, uh, and, and I had everything ready. I didn't mail it. I, I, I didn't even print it out. And for some reason, something kept telling me, don't do it. And that was God's prompting saying, listen, my son, you know, it's going to come. And it's going to come in my time. And it, it's already done. You already proclaimed it in the atmosphere. You already, you, you already stood by faith. So it's going to come, and you just have to wait, my son. And that's basically what, the way he spoke it to me, you know. So it came, and my responsibilities are pretty much the same. I'm the senior instructor up in the Bronx Intact. I'm a tactics instructor. Our unit is responsible for um, training our police officers who are out in the street so they can go home to the most important resource that they can cherish beyond their pensions and all that, and that is their families. And we want them to come home all the time, and that's, that's, a, that's a heavy burden on, on, on us, uh, you know, especially as a senior instructor. So... Um, I just want to thank I just want to thank God because you know it, it was Him that promoted me. You know, He put the He put people you know in 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 our department who actually made this happen, and this was something orchestrated only by God Himself. So I have to give Him the glory on that one. You know, on this one, on that. But as far as my responsibilities, I know that this um, this coveted shield, and I'll show it to you. You know. You know, we talk about the shield, and uh, we've seen this shield so many times in media, you know, NYPD Blue, and, you know, we see, uh, uh, you know, the uh, crime CSU, and, you know, all, and everyone's wearing the shield, you know, a, as an actor. But when you, when, when you have this shield for real, this is not Hollywood. It, it means more than, than, than what it represents. It means a lot of hard work and the sacrifices that it came to, to achieve this. And it is going to open the doors. Um, actually, there's a unit that is actually after me. Uh, it's a crisis intervention team. And this team is responsible for training police officers and dealing people with, um, you know, mental illness and psychotic episodes and all that. And it's kind of, I say weird, but it's not weird because my wife, uh, Minister Liz, you know, she, she, it's her vocation. That's what she does. And it's, 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 it's interesting how she's been doing this all her life. I mean, she's been a nurse longer than I'd have been a cop. I've been a police officer for 22 years. And it's interesting how even in our marriage of 19 years, and I just turned 54, and, and I, I never felt more alive in my life. 
I've never felt more alive in my life. You know, I thank God because um, there are many people don't even look like me. They look older than me and everything, and, and they're going through problems. And I pray that God, you know, will, will, will reach them where they're at right now. And um, it's interesting what my wife and I are doing. So God is opening great doors. And I just want to encourage each and every one of you that um, there are many things that are going to happen in your life. Just don't give up. Wait on it. Wait on it because this took a couple of years. And uh, <laughs> it's hard, you know, when you're waiting and you want to give up. But just when you're ready to give up, that's when you're going to get your victory. So that's all I can say about that. So I just welcome the changes. And I know that 2016 is going to be a great year for every one of us, especially in the body of Christ. There are going to be many things that are going to happen that are going to shock you. But if you're, if you're, you're inclined and connected spiritually, you know this is, this is a move of God. And I welcome it. Thank you. Amen. So, as you know, um, there's a great fight that has been fomented. You know, in the midst of, of honorable discussion on a national basis, where the people will talk uh, and will even challenge the police department uh, to be more careful uh, with their citizenry and uh, the police officers uh, from their part also sharing uh, some of the initiatives. Uh, even, they've even taken us ministers uh, into the FBI and into the police departments, and they've showed us what they do. And they even have organizations um, that from the police office, uh, from the police department on down, they interface with community. We know that's honorable. The discussion is honorable. Uh, but the enemy always gets in. And right now, there's such a spirit of hate in our nation, such a spirit of division in our nation. And we know, the Bible makes it very clear, the devil comes to kill, steal, destroy. You know? Whenever it gets to that level, you know that the enemy is trying to divide this nation, trying to divide the citizenry. And it's going to take men and women of God in the police department, filled with the spirit, that are going to help to bring healing in communities, right? Also, it's going to take uh, many of these organizations uh, from the citizens' point of view uh, with spirit-filled men and women to help also to bring the dialogue, bring the healing, and uh, at the same time be able to continue to honor the fact that we do need a police force. What's the option? Absolute chaos, pandemonium. So we need, we need our military. We need our police force. So I want us all to stand a moment, and I want us to pray uh, not only for Detective Al, but also I want us to pray for that whole process because it's going to take a move of God because you cannot legislate hate out of the hearts of people. You cannot legislate racism out. You cannot legislate uh, bad police officers, uh, gangs. You, can re you cannot legislate that out just by putting a law. Because as soon as you put a law, they, know, they, they find a way around the law. Or they just don't care. Another big national debate is the issue of gun control. The truth of the matter is, some of the more well, um, or let me put it this way, some of the areas where they have the heaviest laws are the places where there's most gun, rampant gun issues. You, you understand? In other words, you're not going to legislate that out just by putting a law. There has to be a move of God. There has to be a people praying for their regions. And it's our responsibility here in this region. We have to pray so that God would bring wisdom to our leaders, wisdom to our police officers, wisdom to those that are involved in bringing that debate to the public forum. Amen? Praise God. So extend your hand forward to this man of God. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for each and every police officer, uh, Lord, that serves our city. Uh, thank you, Lord God, also for the national debate that is going on, that is helping to expose areas that we need, uh, Lord God, to deal with as a nation and, 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 Lord, for our leaders so that they would be able to be sensitive to the issues that happen that maybe they don't, they don't hear about. But, Father, people, Lord God, like Minister Al and others who are involved with teaching the young police officers coming up and even those veterans that are in the force, Lord, that are right now having to address this, these challenges, these changes, these issues, my God, even within the department, I pray that you grant them wisdom, my God, Solomonic wisdom to be able to deal, Lord God, with these challenges that uh, go beyond the norm. These are spiritual battles. Father, grant your son and all those like him, uh, Lord, uh, the anointing, the breaker anointing to be able to come in and destroy the works of the enemy.
to be able to bring healing in the communities, my God, to be able to understand the pain, uh, Lord God, that is active, that is here today, that needs to be healed. I pray, Father, for wisdom, the wisdom of God. I also pray for divine protection. Because the enemy would want to destroy, Lord God, community and the police department alike, Lord God. He, he doesn't care. He wants to destroy us all. But thank you, Father, that your anointing is greater. So I pray in the coming days that you raise up men and women of God in the police force that would love you, that would be passionate for your presence, that would have an anointing to bring healing, that would be able to police, Lord, honorably, Lord God, that would be able to serve their communities, Lord, with distinction, my God, and with true justice and righteousness my God expose anything my Lord uh, that would uh, uh, be uh, uh, of the nature that would bring to the destruction to communities expose it my father on both sides my Lord expose those things my God that we would be able to see it locally regionally and nationally and father I pray Lord God for divine health upon our brother here upon his wife his lovely wife who serves my God in the healing end my God and father thank you for the privilege that you give us to serve you in every area Lord God whether it be education whether it be government whether it be in the military whether it be in the police department whether it be in ministry father thank you for helping us my God we bless you and we pray these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. We're proud of you, sir. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. See, I'm excited at that because the truth of the matter is we are called salt. Say, say to your neighbor, you're salt. And you know... How many of you had salt this weekend with your food? I'm looking around the table. All of y'all like salt. Love salt. Well, the truth of the matter is you can't enjoy salt if you leave it in the salt shaker. The only way salt is effective is if you take it from the salt shaker and pour it on the food. After a while, what happens is the food actually tastes different. Salt impacts everything that it touches. Anywhere it, 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 how can I say, anywhere it, it touches or impacts, it changes the very consistency of the flavor. See, and we're called to change our communities. We're anointed to do that. We're anointed to bring healing. And not only that, but salt um, is, how can I say, if you put uh, salt on, let's say, fish or salt on chicken, it'll last longer. So it has an antiseptic quality. You and your community have a healing quality. The other thing that's interesting about salt is it is an irritant. Pour it on a wound. You'll see what I'm talking about. Salt, sometimes, your very nature, you just being in your community, you voicing your, 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 your revelation, your, your experience, what God is sharing through you, just by you sharing it, you're going to irritate some people. <laughs> so get ready for that. But that's exciting because we need salt. Are you aware that without salt, our bodies would just die? We need salt. Our communities need salt. The community needs you. Praise God. Amen. Say to your neighbor, my community needs me. So it's your time now to pour yourself out to your community, to pour yourself out to your family, to pour yourself out in the church that you fellowship in. Praise God. In Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10, it talks about a story about a centurion. He wasn't a Christian, uh, but he was a good man. And this centurion had a sick servant whom he loved dearly. This servant was very close to him, and he had a very good relationship with him. And, and Pretty much the servant was dying. So he had heard about Jesus, and he sent his people to Jesus. He said, listen, can you have him come over to pray for my servant? Because I hear that this guy's anointed to heal. So when they get to Jesus, they said this about uh, this centurion. He says, Lord, there's a servant over there that's ill. But the centurion, who, where he lives and he serves at, He's a good man. This man is righteous. This man has even helped our own community. He's built us a synagogue out of his own expenses. Jesus, he's worthy that you go and, uh, you know, heal his servant. All right. So what does Jesus do? Jesus says, no problem. Let's go. So guess what? 
The, the centurion says, no, no, it's no problem. I understand authority. All you need to do where you're at is just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Well, Jesus was blown away. Jesus said, wow, I haven't seen that much faith, not even in Israel. And so that same hour, the servant was healed. But what, what impacts me is that this man, the centurion, behind the scenes, he wasn't showing off. He was busy helping someone else. He was busy actively doing something noble for community. One man. So when it came time for Jesus to activate his ministry, he had no problem answering the call of this one man who had been active in ministry. Now that's unusual because on other occasions, when they would ask Jesus to come to communities or to do something, he would say, no, I got no time. I have a particular course that I've charted. I've got to do this. But when it came to this guy, he said, no problem. Whatever he needs, we'll do. See, so what you need to understand is a contrary to the way the world thinks, which is, wow, you have to be rich, you have to be famous, everybody has to know you. No, a real righteous person doesn't have to flaunt his stuff. You don't have to show off. You don't have to do something in front of people. Today, this Facebook generation, they're doing everything so that people could see them. They take out this, well, that phone there, for everything, they're going to cross the street, bam. They, 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 I don't know, they're going to pick up a penny, bam. The wind hits their hair the other way, bam. I mean, it's, it's, and then they post it, everything, they're posting. Yet the Bible says when you're going to do something, do it privately. And nobody will see. And what you do privately, God will honor, honor publicly. See, there's a certain hypocrisy to doing ministry and bam, 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 bam. Oh, look how righteous I am. Bam, bam. That, that's not going to help anything. And not only that, when God looks at that, I say, well, you have your reward. People are going to go like that, pat you on the back, and that's it. But when you do it to glorify me, Hallelujah. I'll get active in your, in your time of need. This man built a synagogue for people that didn't, because he was Italian. But he built a Jewish synagogue. You see? And so when Jesus was in his ministry, actively doing what he was doing, they came up and said, this man is worthy, Lord. Look what he has been doing. And of course, Jesus knows everything. He says, yeah, no problem. He sent the word and his servant was healed. So we're looking at verses like Ezekiel 22. God seeks for man to stand in the gap. First Timothy, he seeks men that lift up their hands and pray. You know why? Because there's that active partnership. We have to stand in the gap. Many people, and among the Hispanics, ay, Dios quiera, ay, ojalá. You know, we always say, oh, I pray that God will. God does will. He wants for his move, for his glory to be manifested in community, to be manifested in New York City. But he's also waiting for his people to get active because he established a law here in this earth realm, which is he partners with us. He partners with us. So we have to position ourselves. First and foremost, he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth the way it's being done in heaven. So in other words, it, whatever his will is on earth, he wants it manifest, on, or rather, whatever his will is in heaven, he wants it manifest on earth. Amen. See? Amen. So if his, if his will is healing in heaven... How does healing come on earth? We have to pray for folk. If he wants people to be saved in heaven, then how do people get saved on earth? Somebody has to preach this thing. Right? Remember the angel that came to Cornelius? Cornelius needed to get saved. Cornelius did not know Jesus. But it was God's will for Cornelius to come to saving faith. So the angel comes and the angel says, you know, you're remembered in heaven. Because Cornelius was righteous. He was a giver. He, he would pray for people. And you know, he says, the angel says, you need to go to Peter because Peter has some words for you. Acts chapter 10. The angels can't preach because they're not men. They're not mankind. They can only point you to the guy who will preach. So my thinking, many times people come to you and the angels sent them without them even realizing, right? And they sent them to you, and you're not preaching. So 
God is saying, you are my ambassador in this area. I need you to activate. So say to your neighbor, it's time to activate. And here's the problem. And, and it, it blows my mind because God wants to bless us, but he blesses us and we get to a place of comfort. And then we don't want to do anything. Wow. All of you. Are, how was it? How, what was it that you were doing earlier? What's that whistle? I just got that from all of you. <laughs> Yet, it is an established fact that for us to look good, for us to be chiseled in our body, we have to put resistance to our body. What does that mean? That means we got to get out of our comfort zone. Yes, Nothing's going to happen. You're not going to look beautiful and chiseled and, and have big muscles until you get out of that chair that you're sitting in all the time, watching those movies or those novelitas, and start exercising, right? In the same way, nothing's going to happen in you and through you. You say, God, use me. Hallelujah. Usame, Señor. Por favor. And then you turn on the TV. In other words, in other words, if you, if God's stirring you up, it's because he already saw a need that he wants to answer. And if he's stirring you up, that means he's trusting you to partner with him in that region. Or with that family. Or with those co-workers. If you don't, he will raise somebody else. But then the trust factor. Trust factor. We all know that, you know, the way marriages are. Let's say you're dating somebody. Right? You ladies, you're dating, dating a really handsome man, right? And suddenly you find out he's like hanging out with your bestie. And once again, Facebook. <laughs> Boom, bam, bam, bam. You see him and the bestie doing something that they shouldn't be? Where does the trust factor go? Will you trust that person again? It's hard to. It's not impossible, but now it's more difficult to trust a person that's been unfaithful. So when God is moving in and through you, and every time he's speaking to you, every time he's moving your heart to go and minister to someone else, and you refuse, what happens? The trust factor. Can God trust us? It's important to understand your strength is important. Your strength is needed. I'm nobody. I'm just a little something. No, your, 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 your labor, your gifting is very much needed. You know, you have these guys, uh, they're actually, it's a, an Olympic thing. Uh, there's a long little boat, or maybe a kayak or something. And you have three guys on one side, three guys on the other side, and they're both rowing. All of them, all, all six of them rowing. And then you, you've got about 10 or 12 teams all rowing down the river, and they're fast. These guys, one, two, huh, one, two, huh. You got, and you got one guy at the head talking, now, now, now. And, the, and the, you, ever, you ever seen that? That's so cool. But what happens if one stops rowing? Who said, what, what? It'll go, the, the ship will, or the boat will go around in circles. How come many times we're going around in circles? It's because somebody stopped doing what they were supposed to do. So we end up, instead of going forward, we end up going in circles. We end up going in circles. One person, that energy that we needed, that strength, that gift, that anointing that we needed is, is AWOL. I got no time for that. I'm too busy. You're too busy. You don't understand. This is eternal. This is, this is the greatest thing we can do. Amen. Don't stop what you're doing, but put God first. Yes. Praise God. Jesus. Amen. God. Interesting. We, even with these six people, they might not make it. They might come in second place or third place. But guarantee if one quits, they'll, they won't make it. Wow. Remember one time in the Old Testament, Miriam, you know, she had a pension to complain. You know, Moses' wife, she used to complain. So one time Miriam complains and, and God puts leprosy on her arm. <laughs> Just like for seven days, she had to leave the camp. Right? Are you aware? If you read the story, 
All of Israel had to stay still. They couldn't move forward. They couldn't march. They couldn't do anything until she came back to the camp. For seven days, her sin of complaining stopped an entire nation from moving forward in their purposes. So you don't realize how important the one person is. You don't realize how important you are in the kingdom of God. How important you are in, in, in the economy of God, in, in, in the wisdom of God. People need you. There's someone right now waiting for your anointing to be activated. You're important. You're vital. Now, that's why the enemy attacks you so much. If you have no value, the, the enemy will leave you alone. He wouldn't bother you. You're valuable. The, the enemy will only go after people that have stuff, <laughs> that are important, that, that, that are anointed. So if, you're going through, if you have gone through some stuff this year, 2015, understand you have value. Every morning when I woke up, I said, okay, that means still God has something for me to do. So let me get active. There's no time for chilling. No time, no time. You'd be surprised at the power of one. Look what happened. In, in 1645, one vote gave Oliver Cromwell control of England. One vote. In 1776, one vote made English the official language of the United States instead of German. One vote. 1845, one vote brought Texas into the Union. Later, California, Oregon, Washington, and Idaho were admitted to the Union, and the purchase of Alaska was all ratified by one single vote. In 1868, one vote saved President Andrew Johnson from being impeached. In 1876, one vote gave Rutherford B. Hayes the United States presidency. One vote. In, in 1923, one vote gave Adolf Hitler control of the Nazi party. One vote. See how powerful you are? One person. And when we convert that potential we have, I don't know what it is. Sometimes we, we need permission. Sometimes we don't realize it. Today, God is saying to you, I give you permission to activate your gift. Contrary to what you've heard, contrary to what people have told you, contrary to failures in the past, I give you permission to activate the person that you're called to be. Hallelujah. Praise God. When we convert our potential, our energy, our gifting into reality, it produces joy. See, the word for spiritual gift in the Greek is called charismata or charismata. But it comes from the word charis. Charis is what? It's joy. Because charis is grace and kara is joy. So by grace, God gives us joy as we give our charismata, our gift. So breaking it down, we are our happiest when we're serving. When we're ministering to others. When we're doing what we're called to do. Suddenly joy wells up from within. You can choose every day to walk in joy. Oh, but you don't understand. I've been through a hard time. Yes, I understand that. We've all gone through difficult times. Some worse than others. Some challenges harder than others. But joy is something that's within you. Joy can be produced. In you can choose to walk in joy. Every morning when I wake up, I, I pray uh, and I thank God for all that he's given me. The privileges of, you know, of being able to serve. And I thank him. And I get active doing what I'm called to do. And it produces joy. Amen. Joy can happen in a heartbeat. Yes. Ah, I haven't been joyful in a long time. Listen, joy is a choice. And for those of you that are in the house, I use this example from time to time. For those of you that are hearing this for the first time, it'll be a revelation to you. Joy is something that you could produce in a heartbeat. Yes. If that were not the case, then this wouldn't be true either. Again, 3 o'clock in the morning. All of you Calvary people, you Calvary people could preach this better than me. But let me just share it one more time. 3 o'clock in the morning. You worked very hard. You went to sleep at 1 in the morning. You got to get up at 6. At 3 o'clock in the morning, your neighbor knocks on the door. Wakes you up out of a sound sleep. And you need this sleep. You have a long day ahead of you, right? And suddenly, you're knocking at, they knock on the door. You open the door. What? 
It's your friend. But you don't want to see your friend right now. Your only friend is the bed. <laughs> so what could possibly brought you here that you couldn't wait till next day? Why are you bothering my sleep? So you don't understand. I just won the lotto. And since you're my friend, I want to give you a million dollars. One moment before that, you were irritated, you were upset, you were annoyed, you didn't want to see him. The next minute, as soon as he says, they say, Ven aquí, mijito, vamos a beber el cafecito, come on in, let's have some coffee. Suddenly, your anger shifted into joy. Joy is just a matter of revelation. So when we understand what God has done for us, when we understand that we are eternal beings living a temporary existence, we have joy. Although our flesh hurts when we deal with issues here in life, we can have joy that goes beyond the natural. And we are at our greatest when we're serving others. Because that is, it's, it's connected to our service. Joy is connected to our service. Say to your neighbor, joy, joy. is connected to our service. Praise Hallelujah. God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so this coming year, 2016, as God gives health and life, we need to focus on the future. We need to be future focused, not past possessed. We learn from the past. We take our joys and our sadness and our sufferings from the past and we allow it to fuel our future because we have a call of God individually and we have a call of God as a church. We have a call of God as the body of Christ. And here's the other thing. God calls us the body, right? We are the body of Christ. What part of the body are you? Are you a thumb? Are you an eyeball? Are you a hair follicle? <laughs> what are you? What part of the body are you? It's just a joke. But the truth of the matter is, as a body, how much of your body has to be connected to the body in order to be effective? How much of it? 70%? No, 100%. Anything that gets cut off the body immediately starts to die. And the enemy knows that very well. That's why he would try to cut you away from the church. He'll try to cut you away from the body. Because when you're cut away, you begin to die. Oh, no problem. I'll get back to church sometime. You're dying. You're dying spiritually. Because you're only effective connected to the body. Oh, I listen to TV preachers once in a while. Mm, Not enough. That's not the scriptural way. The body says not forsaking the fellowship as some already have a custom. We have to be connected in order to be able to give off the life that we're called to give. Right? If I cut off my hand right now and it falls to the ground, my hand is still alive. It's still vibrant. It's still, well, it's not functioning anymore because it's disconnected. But it's still alive. But it's dying slowly. And that's where the enemy wants us. We still feel warm enough, right, to think we're doing something. But in reality, the hand is not doing anything anymore. Man, this is a good message. But maybe by Tuesday you'll you'll get it. And then you say, oh, that's what he was talking about. (laughs) So, So the more connected you are with the body, the more effective you'll actually be. The more disconnected you are from the body, the less effective you'll be. And yes, you'll do stuff out there. Yes, you might uh, give two hours of enjoyment to somebody if if you make a movie called Star Wars, right? But then after that, what does it do? How was I able to feed my kids knowing that the Wookiee is now 140 years old? You understand? You don't know what a Wookiee is? Then you're not really a Star Trek fan. That's the one that, I'm sorry, Star Wars. Star Wars. That's the one, the real tall, hairy one that goes. All right, now you know who the Wookiee is. 
So what I'm saying is that, yes, we are called to serve, but we need to be connected. The power of the individual always helps the team. Talking to Minister Al, how, why does that badge give him honor and integrity? It's because he's connected to a team. He couldn't have done that alone. It's amazing, but you, you, you yourself said it. There are guys that actually play that on TV. And they act like police officers, and they, they look like police officers, but they're not. They have no authority. If they go into the, stream, uh, into the street, I arrest you. They'll say, on what authority? You have no authority. That's a plastic badge. But you can do it. Why? Because you're really connected to that body of police department here locally in the city, right? In the same way, we're connected with the body. We're part of the body. Another thing is that Many times, since we don't have a revelation of who we are in Christ, we miss out. Have you ever been to a forest? Anybody? Yes. You ever seen trees? Yes. Are you aware that in every tree there's a potential work of art? Yes. Maybe a nice wooden horse, maybe a nice wooden boat or ship, but nobody sees it except the artist. Yes. That's what happens. Many people see you, they only see the tree. They don't see the work of art inside of you. But you know who does see the work of art? Almighty God. Because he created you and he knows you. So he starts carving you out where you start submitting to him and he starts removing all the junk that you don't need for your future. And that's a problem. We want to serve God many times with our junk. But you know what? God says, come on in. Come on in with everything. Let me start chiseling you. Let me start working on you. And you might feel a little pain. How many of you felt pain this last year? Yeah, pain many times is God chiseling you. Pain is many times you have to process, you know, stuff inside your heart. And boom, boom, boom. But in the midst of it, you become stronger. I saw a commercial the other day where they said, wow, what if this was true? The guy does one push-up. Okay, that's it. Another person does one. Did you see that one? Yeah. Or or drink, eat one little carrot, and that's it. One little pea. I'm healthy. It's not the way it works. You have to... Every single day, do 25 sit-ups and 25 push-ups, and you have to run a mile every day. And after a while, your body starts responding. It's just the way it is. The year 2016. I don't want you to think about it as um, a New Year's resolution. I want you to understand that God is asking for your assistance. God is calling you forth. Yeah, but you don't know me. I don't have to. God knows you. I've never done this before. I don't care. You have an, you have an ability inside of you that nobody else has. Amen. Amen. You ever seen an animal be born? A horse, for example? Yes. It, literally, within five minutes, they're already running. Yes. They have that innate ability. You, you see these, these uh, a butterfly comes right out of its little cocoon. Immediately, it starts flying. You don't have to teach it to fly. It has an innate ability. Yes. By the Holy Ghost, you have an innate anointing that when you become faithful to God, you say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to submit to you. God will start working in and through you, and you'll start seeing things that will amaze you. You, you, You'll have an ability that will come forth that's hidden until you say yes to Jesus. My God. And the year 2016 is the year to say yes to Jesus. The year 2016, uh, the year of great accomplishment for God's glory and the benefit of the people. We're here today, but let me tell you, we're leaving a legacy for tomorrow. We were praying here about two years, maybe about a year and a half ago. And, and, and God just was just giving me a panorama of the things that have happened in years past in this area. And I said, we were praying here. I said, oh, my God. You know what God just said? God just said that what we're doing as we align ourselves with him in this generation is we're tapping into a root system of things that have happened throughout many years in this community. People have prayed in this community 30, 40, 50, 100 years ago. People have served God in this community 100 years ago. And God didn't forget that. God established that root system, and now we're going to tap into that root system of what God has already done, and we'll now be another generation, a continuation of what God has been doing. Praise God. 
So when you activate yourself, it's not something brand new that never existed before. You now become a continuation of something God has been doing throughout all the process of these years. People are in the presence of God right now, but now we continue. We got the privilege to carry on for whatever years God will give us. Amen. So say to your neighbor, you're special. You're needed. This year coming in, you're going to be very vital. Your anointing is important. God is calling you forth. Come on, give him some praise. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. So I praise God for all that God did this year with the children's ministry. Many families have been impacted. The Sunday school, the bells. How many people have been discipled? The sound, the multimedia, internet, online ministry. Oh, I mean, it's amazing what we've been able to do just with one or two computers and a camera and online. How many people have been ministered to online? My God. We thank God for the worship, the Christ-centered worship. Our worship isn't here to show off. Our worship is to point you to Jesus. Praise God. We have an excellent deacon ministry. Excellent, excellent deacon ministry that serves in this house. Amen. We have a, an amazing ushering ministry. Amazing. Amazing ushering ministry. We're, we have an excellent leadership here of men and women that are just serving out of their hearts and sitting down and talking and we're preparing our calendar for the next year. There's so many things that we're going to accomplish. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have, God has blessed us with a beautiful building. This took blood, sweat, and tears. Amen. And we look at that. This is no, no small accomplishment. To be able to do this as a community. But more importantly, God has rooted us. For years we were asking God to root us somewhere. Instead of meeting at a school and meeting at this, meeting at that, He rooted us in a place. That has power. Because anybody who owns has authority. The owner always has more authority than the renter. You know why? The owner is an investor, whereas the renter is a consumer. And when an owner speaks, he's connected to a root system that can have authority even in a local government. So we as a spiritual organization, um, as, a, as a body, as a local body here in this community, we have power when we speak to this community. The principalities and powers have to listen because we have authority. Some of you will get that by Thursday. Oh, that's right. We have. That's right. Your owners. I've never owned anything in my life. Yes, you do. My God. Hallelujah. I cannot give you that revelation. You have to catch that. Praise God. But this coming year, I'm expecting greater discipleship. This coming year, all the teams. I mean, there's so much that we do. Look, look what uh, Vera does. Deaconess Vera. What an amazing thing. Just, she just loves everybody quietly. Just serving and baking. And, and, and just... I mean, just... Out of our heart. Amen. And it comes at the right time too, right? All of you, all of us, we do things. There's different anointings, different things that we do. And I'm sure I missed a couple. I'm sure I missed a couple. But I'm not here to, to, to share every little thing about it. I'm just letting you know great accomplishments were done in the year 2015. Yes, but we're expecting more. We're, we're looking for more. Impact on community. Increased prayer presence. For crying out loud. Fasting. Yeah. We're going to be fasting at the beginning of the year. I remember uh, years ago in the 70s. Yeah, in the 70s. Um, we would fast a lot. So one day for the first time, I fasted a full three days. No food, just water. Me and my friend. We didn't know how to fast. We had no idea. You, you, you have to be very careful the way you fast. So for three days, we didn't eat. Two teenagers. We didn't eat a thing. All, only water. Friday, no, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then Sunday morning, we broke the fast in the church. And so by the end of the day, Thursday, I was hungry. 
By the end of the day, Friday, my friend and I, who were fasting together, we would walk in Broadway, 108, 109th Street, where I was raised. We would go from store to store, restaurant to restaurant, and just look at people eat. <laughs> we had no discipline. We didn't know. They didn't teach us. <laughs> That's the last place you want to be when you're fasting. We would look at the windows of people eating this arroz con gandula. We go, by Saturday, we were curled up in fetal positions in our bed. Ah! <laughs> Sunday morning, we got up, we went to church. Let me tell you. We, and Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. We broke it on Saturday evening. That's when we broke it. And <laughs> I, I, of course, I prepared the experience. I, I put some pastelillos Underneath, you know, every, I just hid nice pastelillos and some arroz con gandula and some. I, I just prepare everything. So when we broke it the third day, ma, we scarfed down all that food on pastelillos, some rice and beans. You know, ma, give me some milk. And I, I mean, I, we, my friend and I, and then we went back to our fetal position in bed. Ah! <laughs> oh, no, you, when you break a fast, you have to drink a little soup. And you, you have to be very ginger with your, you know, very nice with your stomach. You have to cooperate with your stomach. But you, let me tell you, uh, there was some power that came out of those days. Because on Sunday, we would get up, we would pray for people, they would get healed, we would preach. And let me tell you, we had a power beyond our years. And, and, and the church went into a, 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 an amazing revival. Uh, you know, people got saved, the place packed out. And, you know, it was all because we were coming closer to Christ. And it was not that we were moving God. It was that we were positioning ourselves. And we started to become more sensitive to his voice. And, and let me tell you, the power that came forth during those days blew me away. Hallelujah. So, you know, I think about those things. Now we're going to, uh, on a fast. I don't want to mention the days because just the, the amount of days. Oh. <laughs> but that's just my flesh. My spirit man is rejoicing. We can do it here. Yeah, yes, amen. <laughs> Praise God. So I, I appreciate that. And, and so in looking at what we're going to do this coming year, we need the power of God. Amen. We need to be clear, hearing Almighty God, because many things that we're going to do is going to bring God glory and great benefit to mankind. Amen. 